name, of course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, Nick Picky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land? My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, the Philly Voice and Philly Influencer. And you are listening to episode 234 of the Straight Shooters on podcast apps available wherever you can find podcasts out there, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, even Pandora. We're even on Pandora, folks. And we're even putting up classic episodes in our feed now on iTunes. So we've put out a couple off this week. Nick has done a good job of rolling out these classic episodes. So we got all the content for you. We're on Patreon. You can subscribe to us, patreon.com slash radio. We're everywhere, folks. We are everywhere. We're here tonight for episode 234, just days after a wild episode 233 uh, with the good brother Sawyer and Tommy Rowan from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, so, Nick, how have you survived episode 233 where we did a Money in the Bank watch party? And how are you doing just in general, my good brother? I, I'm I'm doing all right. Um, the weather's getting better. We haven't really talked about the weather too much because uh, I don't think we've really been outside that much. That's but uh, <laughs> it's 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 getting better. And um, yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned how wild episode 233 was with the Money in the Bank. And I, I remember when you suggested the Money in the Bank watch party, I was like, eh, I mean, sure, we'll see how it goes. I wasn't getting my hopes up for it being good uh a good thing watching i didn't know how long the pay-per-view was gonna be but it was perfect man like barely two and a half hours and we had a good time a great time uh just like sitting there chatting watching along and uh fairly entertaining money in the bank pay-per-view so uh i'll tell you if they do more of these two and a half pay-per-views while we're kind of in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm all for it because um, wrestling is just it's not hitting the mark right now. And I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's especially for me, you know, I'd rather watch a lot of old stuff at this point. I just do it out of habit. Um, watch, you know, every week now for the podcast, we're getting back at it, you know, after a few weeks of, uh, you know, what I should have done is just throw up classic episodes during the weeks we didn't have it, but you live and learn. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like we're getting back into it. Um, I think money in the bank was very entertaining. And I watched raw mostly all the way through and, uh, I was fairly entertained by that. So, um, you know, NXT, I'm not really into at this point, AEW's kind of doing what they're doing. So wrestling's not like as boring to me as it was maybe a month ago. 
but you'd still need a drink and some good friends to, to spend the yes. laugh about it with you uh, yeah. to enjoy it. That's what we did this past Sunday. So check it out in the archives, episode 233. Check it out where, you know, wherever you can find us on your podcast apps. And of course, like I said, we're on Pandora as well. People, a lot of people listen to us on Pandora. So if you're listening to us on Pandora, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Patreon. Like I said earlier, patreon.com slash radio. For the nominal fee of $1.99, you can get access to some exclusive content. Uh, so check us out there. And uh, yeah, again, like I said earlier, like Nick just alluded to, we're putting up classic episodes as well throughout the week. So we have, I think we put up our very first episode ever, I think it yeah. was, yeah. Uh, this week. And episode, I believe, 141 you put up this week as well. So yeah, check that out on, you know, on your podcast feed. On our, our regular feed. And then I put up two others on the patreon so right there you go so if you want early access to those on the patreon go ahead hit it up there and of course you can check it all out shootersradio.com where you can find a whole bunch of classic episodes of the straight shooters now tonight's episode what we're going to talk about tonight what we're going to do tonight what we're going to do another live commentary (laughs) what we're going to do a live commentary of we're going to go all the way back to a funny time in wrestling, but Nick's favorite time in wrestling. Uh, you know it. <laughs> 1995. He, this man has romanticized this year in wrestling as long as I've known him, for whatever reason. Uh, it's 97, 95 to me. <laughs> that, that's to you. To you. Just to make that clear. Um, 25 years ago now, and we're literally the day of, 25 years ago today, of the 25th anniversary of the very first in-your-house pay-per-view from WWE. Now, for those that don't remember, WWE traditionally, before this, had, what, four, and sometimes, I think by this point, five pay-per-views a year. Yeah. WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and eventually King of the Ring in 1993. So that was the only time they had pay-per-views. I know that sounds wild now because they have monthly mm-hmm. pay-per-views. But in 1995, they started doing smaller offerings so like those big shows would be three hours long or whatever and they'd be you know 30 bucks you know whatever at least in your house specials initially were like no more than two hours maybe like an hour and 40 an hour and a half and they'd be like 15 bucks so they're like a value and you still get some decent some good matches on the shows and they were you know pay-per-view quality matches in between those massive tentpole events like wrestlemania SummerSlam, etc uh, now, obviously, in your house is pretty much gone because every month is a massive, you know, major show instead of these shows where they weren't like giving away major main event matches. They were just other matches that were through, happening throughout the year that would lead up to those bigger shows. I think they should kind of go back to that format, but we're not there yet. But here we are. So the first in your house 25 years ago today, as we record this on May 14th. And what are we going to watch from the show? We're not going to watch the entire show. We're just going to watch the last pretty much three segments of the show. So first up will be Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler and their uh, very entertaining feud. Uh, <laughs> is this the final chapter in that feud, I guess, maybe? Uh, I don't know if it's the last match between the two, but it's the first match in two year, almost two years because I know they did the SummerSlam match in 93, but it kind of like the feud kept lim- like lingering and lingering and lingering. So this was billed as Bret Hart finally getting revenge on Jerry Lawler for whatever the hell Jerry Lawler was doing to him. Probably. Talking, so, s- similar. 
probably talking trash about his parents, which he did so <laughs> hilariously uh, throughout yeah. the years. Uh, Jerry Lawler, you know, has done some stupid things lately, but he was always really funny <laughs> about making fun of uh, uh, Martha and Stu Hart. Uh, so after that, <laughs> we're going to watch in its entirety WWE give away a house. <laughs> like, <laughs> legit. And this is, not, house. this is not like bogus. WWE, for, you know, I guess to skip people to, you know, really watch in your house, they actually had sweepstakes where they would give away a full house. And I remember, I recall when I did a Throwback Thursday about this. Oh, man, a couple years ago now. I got to look it up while I talk about it. But this is a legit thing. This is not like some show or some, you know, stunt. This was a real thing that WWE did. They gave, and a kid in, like, I think Florida... Yeah. One a house. He's like twelve years old or something like that. So uh we're gonna watch that in its entirety. It's a it's a hoot. Uh as they dial up the numbers and stuff like that and <laughs> try to find, you know, someone to take this house. And then the main event follows that, which is Sid versus Diesel. So that should be entertaining as well. Yeah, I think that's the match where Sid injured Diesel's elbow. Um, when he took a power bomb, so he, Diesel had started wearing an elbow pad. I could be wrong. Uh, I could get my my timeline mixed up there. But you, you talked earlier about the in your houses being pay per views that didn't necessarily have the bigger matches, but they were um, they built to them every month, you know, on TV and everything. But the bigger matches were still held for those five pay per views uh, throughout the year, and. They didn't give away bigger matches on this pay-per-view, but they gave away a damn house. And uh, I thought that <laughs> I thought that when uh, we didn't know at this point that in your house was a monthly thing, at least if you didn't subscribe to Dave Meltzer's newsletter and you were just a kid watching WWF, they didn't. I, they might have said it during this pay-per-view, but um, really the next pay-per-view was in June at King of the Ring, and then. Maybe at the King of the Ring, they announced the other in your house for July. But I didn't know in your house was going to be like this type of pay-per-view moving on. So when I first I first saw it, I actually didn't tape it because I didn't think it was like that important. And you know me with my tape collection and how important that was to me growing up. And I didn't have the first in your house. I was like so angry. I was like going on tape trader websites trying to find the first in your house and uh i never did i never did until the wwe network so thank goodness for the wwe network i did watch this whole pay-per-view uh a few years ago and then uh you know i remember it being on mother's day and uh you know just funny every time they had a pay-per-view on mother's day me and my family and my for my mother and my grandmother and our my aunts would go out to dinner and we would just be together uh for a good portion of the day and i remember kind of hounding my mom come on we need to go home we need to go home because the pay-per-view's on soon the pay-per-view's on soon so uh we did mostly get home before the pay-per-view started thankfully but uh you know it brings back some funny memories and good memories and uh i'm uh, looking forward to reliving it right here on the straight shooters and of course as always you can relive it right along with us if you have the wwe network Fire it on up, and you can join us. We're at the one hour, five second, and 30 second mark. Uh, one hour, five minutes. That's minutes. One hour, five minutes, and 30 seconds. Not five seconds and 30 seconds. That's just stupid. Uh, one hour, five minutes. I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, so we'll give you some time to hook that up there, get yourself situated there, 
It's funny, though, that we're talking in your house the day after, as we record this, NXT has announced that they're going to do, they're going to unearth this concept of in your house, and they're bringing it back. Nick, I know you are ecstatic. (laughs) The best decision NXT's ever made. It's coming back Sunday, June 7th. And I love the logo. They kind of modernized it a little bit, but they kind of kept the colors and the font. So um, I love that they announced it last night on NXT. And, uh, you know, it cracked me up because I'm just like, they had Tom Pettengill on the bump. And that brought back memories. And I'm sitting here tweeting. Of course, a lot of it's facetious. But, man, Tom Pettengill hyped up some of the trashiest garbage that WWF ever put out as a product. And he got me hyped for that trash. So Stop Pat Gill holds a special place in my childhood uh, for, you know, making me excited for these stupid matches that, you know, and he would kind of be like, this is going to be explosive. And what's going to happen when this, you know, when these two behemoths go one on one? And so I'm like, yeah, man, that is actually like pretty crazy. You don't get that nowadays. You just don't. And uh, yeah, it's a different time. And. You know, it's definitely a different product, but he's still so like if you ever if anyone's listening to this that hasn't watched this week's bump episode, go watch it. Todd's on there and it's just hilarious. They're showing some of, you know, his bloopers uh, throughout his interview on there. And uh, but he's still got the same voice like he's still got like he still looks young enough to like bring him back, bring him back in the fold. WWE, Just bring him back. They got enough people that are announcers. They got too many announcers, honestly. They got so many on-camera personalities. It's ridiculous. It's hard to keep track of, honestly. Um, but WWE or NXT, I should say, bringing it back June 7th. They got to have the house as the stage. The house is a must. They probably oh got somewhere goodness, at, the, yes. at the WWE warehouse. Bring back the house stage. Because <laughs> yes. Come on. It's, if it's going to be in your house, it's got to be the house stage i understand they have like a lot of led boards now and the house stage wouldn't necessarily be the led type you know stage but they got to do like the, the house and maybe do like remember they used to have like the nine tv screen like screen where the guys would walk out and each picture would change to that person's logo yeah yeah, yeah. they gotta have that too like just bring it bring it back to 95 bro like <laughs> they, dude that that was great because it was basically where the the titan tron or whatever you want to call it nowadays is but the i the aisle began like diagonal to it so they would come out and they would come right into their like their picture you know and it was like a good production technique i i enjoyed it so yeah i'm watching those old superstars episodes and they they did the same thing back in 92 and 93 they had that screen there and the entrance would just kind of go right into the screen when they would come out and then the cameraman would be all the way down near the ring and you would see the screen and then you would just see the wrestlers start coming there. Like it, it was cool, man. Like, yes, it's nostalgic, but it's also awesome and a lot better than what they have now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm biased. They, so. <laughs> they got to bring that back. They got to keep the event short, just like the original in your houses were. Uh, so no more than two hours. That's probably not going to happen, but Cross it's NXT though. NXT shows typically aren't that long anyway, so there's a good chance it's going to happen. Yeah, and even if they go like two and a half hours, it's kind of it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour show. That's still short for by WWE standards. I mean, 
Yeah. I saw I was on Sunday when we were at money watching Money in the Bank, watching Baron Corbin kill two people, and Ray Mysterio <laughs> just show up on TV the next day and get killed again. <laughs> like he's didn't Mister Black show up too, or, or like I, some, I don't remember. Maybe he appeared. I don't know, but apparently yeah. Ray Mysterio's new Kenny from South Park though. He just gets murdered every episode. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a real shame. But uh, yeah, any of the house is coming back. Uh, they had DX announce it. You know. Road Dog, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, because they're at the Performance Center. The, you know, Billy Gunn is an AEW. He's not going to be around. <laughs> and X-Pac. <laughs> Which is, is it's weird that they had them announce it because William Regal, you know, he was on the bump too, and he said we're going to have a huge announcement tonight. And I don't know if that really constitutes a huge announcement, but I get it if they wanted to push a takeover. Well, Mark's you know, like but... us. It, it's a huge announcement. <laughs> and I know some people like in your house, you don't immediately think DX. But when you think about it, they had their own in your house at the end, like the last technical, technically the yeah. last. Well, I'll take that back because the first backlash was an in your house, right? Yeah, they kept the in your house tagline, but they never really said it verbally, but it was in right. the logo. It was right. really tiny in the logo. And then I think by, um, well, backlash was in, the first oh, one was in 99. Yeah. So, well, technically yeah, the last. The last in your house, according to Wikipedia at least, was St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, the first backlash was in your house, though. Oh, yeah, because that would have been two months after that. Yeah, maybe I'm tripping. I I mean, maybe was- they originally announced it as backlash in your house and then just kind of got rid of, you, rid of it before backlash and then just said backlash. I mean, that's possible because um, I remember – you know, even in the retired pay-per-view section of the WWE Network, the DX in your house is technically the last one. But that's yeah. because, you know, like they had Unforgiven, uh, No Way Out. That started becoming its own brand and its own pay-per-view in essence. So I guess technically they're not considered in your houses when it comes to categorizing the WWE Network. But um, when it comes to like the actual name and the colon in your house. Right. Uh, I do remember uh, Backlash kind of having that to begin thought, with, but maybe by, by the pay-per-view, it just wasn't there. I thought it did too. Maybe we're, it's funny that we both feel the same way, but maybe we're wrong. <laughs> like, but also, the original Backlash logo, big trash. Go oh, look at the original Backlash logo and then look two. at how, how much of a, of a massive improvement it was the next year. It was just much more sleek and simple where the original logo was massive trash. So I don't know who made that original logo, but it was horrible. Um, and speaking of backlash, it's coming back, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you liked that name. I do, but in your house, and it's back, baby. Pay-per-view. They finally have a good June pay-per-view name. And we were just talking about that, was it, last week, week before? Or yeah. So the, and during our Money in the Bank episode, the backlash thing came on, and I was like, "Yes!" And you're yeah. just like, "All right." <laughs> so we got to bring back some of those WCW ones too. So, and your house is back, great. Bring this. We got to do Halloween Havoc. We got to do it. That's my personal favorite. Halloween Havoc. It has has to happen. Make it a house show like Starcade. Um, to make it on Halloween every year if you're running a house show, do it. So, Make Starcade a pay-per-view. You know, I said it. I said it for a, I don't know how many episodes now. Starcade should replace Survivor Series. I'll say it again. Starcade should replace Survivor Series because Survivor Series to me means nothing to me at least. I mean, maybe it means something to somebody else, but I'm not that big of a WWE purist to be like, oh, Survivor Series is tradition. No, get that crap out of here. 
Survivor Series is big trash to me. And that 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 might be a hot take. The whole but concept is just gone. So the name doesn't really make much sense anymore. It's calling unless it you had a gimmick man. match every single year, but you don't. It's not like Hell in a Cell or anything like that where you could even play off the Survivor aspect of it. There's I don't really, really care about the matches. Like the match itself, the Survivor Series match, I don't care about it. It just doesn't entice me. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not anymore. Uh, and other news before we get into our In Your House live commentary. The man is going to be the mom. Becky Lynch is pregnant with Seth Rollins' baby. So congratulations to the happy couple, soon-to-be married couple, and soon-to-be parents. So we found out that Monday, I mean, re- speculation was running rampant all day Monday when it was announced that she's going to have a big announcement. And that, you know, we didn't know what it was, but everybody was speculating she's pregnant. And it turned out to be true. It turned out that the Money in the Bank match wasn't for a contract at all. It was for the Raw Women's Championship. Nice way of covering it up, I guess, WWE. I was scratching my head at first about, like, what? Okay, all right. But at least, you know, Asuka is a champion, which I think is the right call anyway. Uh, And it happened because of a great thing, and that I don't know how else you would get out of that. Obviously, Becky Lynch can't wrestle. And do you strip her of a title? Like, (laughs) you don't want to strip her. That's a a negative connotation, like they did with, like, Sami Zayn, even though his thing is for, like, pandemic reasons. But, um... You don't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to put that out there. Like you're the company that stripped her of the title because she was pregnant. Like, <laughs> even though that's not the reason. Like, obviously she can't defend it because she is pregnant. So we, we, how we got there was wasn't great, but we're there. And I think that at the end of the day, it's the right decision to give it to Oscar, have her be the champion. I thought the the segment, the way it played out, it would have been great if it played out in front of a crowd. It would have been twenty times better. Yeah. Uh, with you know, Becky Lynch's announcement, you know, you go be a word because I'm going to be a mom. That was a great line. I think the crowd would have popped. I think people would have been crying. Instead, it was only Becky Lynch crying. And I honestly think that, which was, you could tell it was a real reaction. I honestly think, I don't know if Oscar knew before the segment that she, Becky Lynch was actually, because her reaction, unless she sold it very well, her reaction seemed, she yeah. seemed genuinely surprised. And like, what? what? Like, oh my God. And <laughs> he was happy. It was a cool, it was a cool segment. It was, and uh, I do. Th- it was weird in a way to see uh, the way Oscar has been built recently for her to have that reaction um, in pro wrestling terms. But as you know, we're in a pandemic. Uh, we could take all the good right now as we can, whatever is you know heartwarming and stuff like that. So I kind of got that feeling from it, where it was legitimate. Um, they didn't use it for any heel heat for Oscar, which. I don't mind that they didn't do that. I know CM Punk said on WWE backstage he would have done the mist in Becky Lynch's face from Oscar and stuff like that. But you know, like I, I get it because that's pro wrestling. That's what pro wrestling would do. But um, you know, pro wrestling also isn't known for their heartwarming segments like that. But um, I did think it was a nice surprise. I think it might have sat better with you and maybe the people that think like you if they announced it last week and had kind of like the same segment and then made the money in the bank match for the wall women's title um but, but here's the thing. Again, maybe she didn't know at that point 
we don't know when she found out. I mean, that's true. That's true. You know. And Raw has been pre-taped. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and there's no the telling itself, where. If the match itself was pre-taped as well. Right, right. The money in so the there's no there's no saying that they would have been able to, you know, make that happen, uh, even if it was live. But, um, you know, it's it was a cool thing. You know, congratulations to Becky Lynch. You know, I don't know how long, you know, she has been wanting this or you know something like that maybe it's something she wanted she's at the pinnacle of her career right now and gets pregnant so that's another big story where like where's the last time we saw somebody at the very top of her profession you know get pregnant like that and uh it's not a bad thing at all you know it's it's awesome because uh, you just see that segment you know wwe kind of wrote it perfectly and maybe they didn't even write anything maybe they were like hey just go out there and you know do this and she did it and uh it will make hopefully her return that much better you know she might come back i think uh i tweeted out a few days ago i would love to see becky lynch versus rhea ripley um the next year's wrestlemania so if they can bring if becky wants to come back after birth after a few months and uh you know kind of go after rhea ripley a little bit um that would make for some awesome tv so becky lynch is uh not done by any means i don't think so uh you know she might not know what she wants to do for real um right now but you know i I thought the funny part about that was kind of seth rollins reaction later in the show where he he wasn't you know he was in character and i thought that was kind of like hilarious um so i'm looking forward to see like if he stays in character that way um and it kind of made me laugh a little bit the way his did, hair was, he, and his, he did tweet out like normal stuff, like Kobe Lopez. Yeah. Like, I'm happy and all this and that. Yeah. yeah, on TV, he looks like a person that is like super worried that he's about to be a dad. Like he can't handle this at all, which I do find like funny it, as well. Because even though that's not technically the story, because you know yeah. the story now, even though they've done it before, they have been together, but they're not. In story, it's like it never even happened almost, right? Which is weird. But that's how WWE operates. But in my mind, it's not him being upset about losing to Drew McIntyre. No, 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 no. <laughs> he is super nervous about being a dad, which is understandable, Seth. We're all with you on that It's one. hilarious because now they even put it on air, you know, Rey Mysterio congratulating him, and then that's oh, why he, like, turned. <laughs> so, you know, they already planted that. They already planted that, so um, oh I'm looking forward to seeing if they do something with him, because that might be the rest of his year right now. It might be like oh, immersed in an angle like that, which might be good for him. I don't know. Bruh, that's that's that. I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I think that's so funny. It's like, it is, because it, it's not exactly something we've seen before in wrestling. No, fatherhood is a story. Two people who are current <laughs> active wrestlers having a baby and him just being frazzled about being a which is real that's a real thing i remember you know before gabby was born i didn't know what the hell to do i didn't know what the hell to think i was just like (laughs) just expecting the unexpected so i can relate to that and i think it's funny i just waiting for the scene of what you saw in the cartoons back in the day when the the dad would be in the waiting room and he smoking cigarettes pacing back and forth and stuff like that like that's that's what i want to see from seth rollins (laughs) in the future even though he doesn't smoke cigarettes or he might i don't know i doubt it but um, but still, it, I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, so I'm—I don't know. I don't know why I'm looking forward to that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be funny. And congratulations to them too again. On on a you know real note, congratulations to both of them. 
Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's a crazy time to be, you know, having a baby right yeah, now. They were supposed to be married, too. They were supposed to get married yeah, this month, and uh, that's been pushed back. And yeah. you brought up something good that is, that was kind of intriguing earlier to me, in that Becky Lynch's career. I mean, Seth Rollins is going to keep wrestling, but Becky Lynch, she's got to put her career on hold for at least nine months uh, as she goes through the pregnancy. And then what happens after the baby is born? She's she's going to she's gonna be a mom. I mean, who knows how this thing, how the world looks in nine months, whether... WWE is back on the road and stuff like that. And if they are, how is that, you know, how are you, it's not like being a mom, a new mom on the road. So, it, you know, how long is she actually going to be away from WWE, which, you know, her priority, as it should be, will be her unborn child or her, by that point, her, you know, new child. So, you know, does she take a 12 month hiatus? Because I can tell you right now, you know, when that kid's first born, it's like the very tenuous time. You have to beat her a lot. And, you know, whether you're even if you're, um, you know, formula feeding and stuff like that, like that's a that's a time that you got to be there and, and be like at, you're not working on you're not working on your schedule. You're, you're working on their schedule. So yep. how is that going to play into being both of them being active wrestlers? You know, it's one thing for one of them to be active wrestlers and, you know, one can be a stay at home parent while the other one go mix the bacon, they both are. And they're, like you said, they're both at the peak of their careers. So it's like, what happens? What, what's going on? You know, who, you know, how long is Becky Lynch out? And, and if she's out for a while, does she come back ever? Like, she, yeah. she's like, you know what? I just want to be a mom now. I, she loves wrestling. I know she loves wrestling. She might be dying to come back once she's, you know, done with the pregnancy and stuff like that. But hey, some people, you see it all the time with women's athletics. A lot of women, they stop performing and stop being an athlete for a little while so they can start a family. Now, some of them come back. I think Becky Lynch will come back eventually, but I think it's, uh, I don't think it's a guarantee that it's like once she's, the baby's born, she's back right away. That's, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. We might not see her. What are we in May now? The baby isn't due until when? I don't know. I don't know how far along she is. Either way, I don't know. I, uh... we might not see Becky Lynch until 2021. Yeah. Unless she's pregnant on TV. <laughs> like... <laughs> So, which I don't know how much traveling she's going to do, obviously, because of the pandemic. And once you get in a lot of stages of your pregnancy, you probably shouldn't travel too right. much. That's the whole thing. But right. either way, uh, congratulations to them, too. Hope everything works out. Hope it's a big, healthy uh, baby uh, once it's out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, congrats to them, too. Moving on, though. Some other massive news. Not necessarily as important as a, a new life coming into the world, but still important nonetheless. Iron Mike Tyson, who is still the Ugh. scariest man on the planet. I don't know if you've seen these videos of him, like training again. Yeah. And might be like like possibly coming back, but mm-hmm. boy, he is lightning fast for a 53 year old man. Like scary fast. I don't know if he can go 12 rounds anymore, or 10 rounds, but he can still trash somebody in like two rounds. I can give him like a tomato can of a fighter. He's gonna kill that person. He can still <laughs> knock somebody lights out to this day. It's scary. But yeah. he's making a different sort of return to the wrestling world. I don't know if he's going to wrestle or anything like that, but at least for the time being, he's returning to the ring in a non-wrestling capacity. Not for WWE. Mm. Remember, he is a WWE Hall of Famer. Instead, for AEW. What a coup. What a oh, my goodness. As he will be at Double or Nothing May 23rd, which is as of today, at an undisclosed location. 
Um, we don't know where it's taking place, but he will be there wherever it is, uh, and he will be presenting the TNT Championship, which is essentially an AEW's version of the of the television championship. But it's a TNT Championship. He is presenting it to the winner of the first ever TNT Championship match between Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer. What do you think about that, Nick? I gotta tell you. I wasn't a huge fan of it when I first heard it because, uh, honestly, I I don't always look at the bigger picture at first, and I'm I'm guilty of that, and I'll admit that I'm guilty of that. So when I first saw Mike Tyson, and by the way, the TNT Championships still a lame name should just be television. I, I don't I don't understand that whole thing look, of branding the championship like TNT is playing rights. <laughs> They get the name on the belt. <laughs> Make those people happy. It's not a great that name. Damn you know. TNT logo on it. It's gonna be annoying I, as hell. Hey, if you're gonna do, put the old school TNT logo on, it'd be even. It'd be great. <laughs> that, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm down with the old school logo. <laughs> yeah, put the old school logo on it. But it's it's just new. Happy. And listen, I hated the universal name for the championship, and it's kind of grown on me because you know it's been here for years now, and it's kind of like. I'm not going to change it, you know, nothing I'm going to do is going to change it. So I'll probably get used to it, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I do think Tyson will eventually, like, I can't see this as a one-off. And I do understand if it is, because maybe you don't necessarily want to enter into business with him right now, because he's still a wild card. Like, we see these videos of him training, but that's really it. How is he business-wise? Will he do what he did with WWE business-wise? Like, you know, he's older now. It's 20 years ago that that happened, 22 years ago. Um, I'm not so sure that they would enter into a long, like, monthly contract with him. But I also wouldn't be against it anymore because I'm not saying this is the same – this is going to be – to AEW what Mike Tyson was to WWE in 1998 but I I would be shocked if he didn't knock out whoever won the title and start a, a story you know and start a story and that's why I think he's going to be there because him just being there and giving the belt and then leaving does nothing for AEW and I don't think they would pay that much money for Mike Tyson just for nothing um, so I do think they want to do something with him, and I think that's him becoming a character in AEW, um, no matter who wins. It would make sense for me. I mean, I guess for Cody to work with him first, because that Cody can kind of control the story a little bit. Um, so, you know, Mike Tyson acting all happy or whatever, giving Cody the belt, Cody wins the title and then Tyson just pops him. And then you have a monumental story for AEW to build off of. That's not taking over like the world title pitcher. I mean, maybe it will take over the world title pitcher, but you still have like John Moxley world title that going on. You saw Jericho, uh, and the inner circle versus the elite. So you, you would have three gigantic, angles going on stories for AEW where they desperately need it right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so after thinking about all that, I think it's kind of a genius move to bring in Mike Tyson because capitalizing off 
these videos, these training videos. And, you know, he's in the news now because of these videos. So now you get him to double or nothing in less than two weeks. And, man, I, I, I think they do something with him. I think they should do something with him because not saying I wouldn't be one to bite, say that it's biting off WWE, but I will be one to say it's uh, something that AEW, I think, will need to to gain some uh mainstream attention it definitely helps i mean mike tyson he isn't quite maybe what he was back in 98 when he was like arguably yeah. the most recognizable athlete in the world at the time like him and maybe michael jordan <laughs> like right. i mean you, you look back at that last dance documentary you see how you know famous michael jordan was uh there was only there wasn't too many athletes in that same stratosphere i, I would argue mike tyson was close if not on equal footing uh, to uh, Jordan as far as recon, you know, recognition and back in 98. Uh, so maybe he's not quite to that level, you know, because, you know, he hasn't fought in a long time and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, but like you said, he's, he's on social media now. He's, he's still famous. He's still very, very famous. Let's not get that wrong. But now his name is buzzing again because of these videos and resurface, uh, surfacing of him training and looking scary as all hell at 53 years old. And, you know, I don't know how much he's going to do from a physicality standpoint. I think it's a nice touch. To me, it's a nice touch that's to have him present the title and not do anything. But I can see somebody getting that issue. Let's do something with Mike. Let's do something with Mike. And Mike would be open to it because, uh, you know, it's been documented in the past, but let's remind people, Mike Tyson's a massive wrestling fan. That's the only reason why he's really doing this because, obviously, he's getting paid. But, like, no, Mike is a legit wrestling fan. Like he's watched wrestling. He watched a lot of WWF when he was a kid. So I don't know if he's gonna get into the ring and like have matches at some point. That just doesn't seem like something Mike would do. But he could, I guess. I don't know. But I could just see Cody versus Mike Tyson at like the next pay per view or something like that. I would love that. <sighs> As a wrestling fan, I would just love it. And I don't even care if people are like, oh, they're copying WWE. Like whatever. Like to me that. I don't care about that right now with, with that specific thing. Like copying promotions does get lame, but I, I think AEW creatively can make it work in 2020 if they want to do business with him. That is further along than just handing somebody a belt. I mean, I I see I see your point. And this is wrestling, so you can't rule anything out. Yeah. But I, I do think it's a nice touch to have, instead of Mike being the focal point, Mike kind of giving people the rub, which is kind of what he did in 98 for Steve Austin. You know, Mike didn't, he did get physical, he did punch Shawn Michaels and that whole thing. But <laughs> at the end of the night, he raised Steve Austin's hand and gave him the seal of approval, which he already had, and Steve Austin was over. But it just helped him, you know, gain traction with a whole new audience that didn't know who he was. So... Well, it was kind of weird because I didn't look at it like that. I I kind of looked at it as Austin being more dominant at that point because Tyson didn't seem like bringing Austin up to his level. It was to me as a fan that whatever they did with Mike Tyson that night, it was like Austin bringing Tyson over. That's, I don't know. That, it's hard that to explain. Happen, it. 
Like no, I said, Tyson is one of the most recognizable athletes or people. Yeah, but you see, the, the you see the way they walk back and back of the aisle, Austin with his hands in the air, and then Mike Tyson's like right there raising his hand, like he's, in the back. Like, he did not look. I'm just saying. He's giving Austin the rub. He's letting Austin have the shine. It's Austin's moment, and Mike. I know, I'm just saying, as I see life. that now. 22 years later, I see that. But back then, I was like, okay, Austin got Tyson, you know, to to do something good. No. <laughs> you know, him him knocking out Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. I was like, Stone Cold Steve Austin did that, of course. Uh, I, I, Tyson was definitely helping Austin get that rub because Tyson was 20 times more famous than Steve Austin was. And trust me, Steve Austin was very famous in 1998. He still is to this day. But I, I understand because. Especially with a bunch of people that probably ordered that pay per view that were not wrestling fans. Right. Um, that's that's what with. you want. And they just see Mike Tyson there in the main event. And, you know, him raising Austin's hand, you're like, hey, this Austin, he seems like a badass, you know? And then you just keep going on week from week. Right. And so they saw that. You would hope that, you know, Austin could do the same for, I mean, not Austin, Tyson could do the same for a guy, in my opinion. Uh, that's what I would like. Cody, if he saw dynamite, he was in his little truck and he ran over some some steel rails or whatever. And it was so Austin esque. It was kind of lame, in my opinion. Uh, what he did he did last night on dynamite. Um, he, he literally it was just like when Austin would ride down his truck down to the ring or um, outside, and yeah. I was like, come on, man! Like I even tweeted about it just because I thought that was. Cody pulling a poor man Steve Austin, <laughs> but uh, it, just because it looked like you could tell he didn't want to damage his truck or whatever he was driving, he like lightly tapped in, he barely hit over, ran over what he was supposed to, you know, like that wasn't Austin. So um, I would like them to try to distan- dis- like distance himself from that type of character. Um, I'm not yeah. saying Cody is whole Steve Austin, but he doesn't need to be running down anything in his truck. It's just stupid. And I, Cody is never Cody. I, I'm sure is a tough guy in his own right, and he's a former amateur wrestler, wrestled in high school. But he doesn't strike me as like a traditional tough guy like Austin did, right? And to him to go up against Tyson, like you mentioned, that just doesn't feel right to me at all. But maybe Tyson giving him the rub. That's yeah. Well, I mean. Cody's has some great promos, and I think he can kind of co- complement his lack of, uh, you know, that toughness that people might see from the outside uh, with his words. And, uh, you know, and he, he, who know? I, I don't know how Mike Tyson's going to look next to Cody. It, it will all make sense if they both look similar in stature and, and muscular. If Tyson's well, like a, a lot bigger than Cody, then I don't see it working. Tyson- Cody's a lot bigger tallest. than Tyson. I don't see it working. Tyson isn't the tallest, but he's definitely husky. He's definitely, you know, yeah. got some muscles. So. I can see Cody and AEW um, really getting some positive press out of this if they decide to do more with Tyson. And I'm all for it because wrestling's in a lull right now without the fans, and uh, maybe it'll bring somebody back. That's the thing to me is like. You can do that, and it will get the headlines, but it just makes wrestling look more like the sideshow. Like, we've kind of already done that with, like, Cam Velasquez and even Brock in the beginning when he first came back to WWE, uh, Tyson Fury. So, I mean, Mike Tyson is a different beast than all those guys, no doubt. But it just looks like same old wrestling kind of 
oh, here's another person jumping into to that wrestling ring and see what you can do. But if you just keep it to me, keep it more, I say, I hate, for lack of a better term, classy, where he's just there to present the title. He raises the person's hand. He lends his credibility to that person, whoever the winner is, and the promotion as a whole by keeping it classy. Like, I don't know how else to say it. When he, <laughs> once he gets into a match, to me, it feels like just another sideshow. Obviously, there's headlines that will come to with it. There is publicity that will come with it. But that was the intention with you know Tyson Fury. That was the intention with Cain Velasquez. I don't know how much that really moved the needle for WWE. I mean, but again, Tyson, Mike Tyson, different level of fame than both of those guys combined. But, you know, time will tell, I guess. As yeah, we, I, I think it's, it's uh, I I think wrestling's in a rut now. And anyone, AEW, WWE can use something, even without the fans in attendance, they could use something to just kind of remind the population, like, hey, we're here, <laughs> you know, with all the numbers that are that are decreasing week by week by week so i just think they can use the jolt well we'll see like i said may 23rd that is uh nine days from now aw double nothing in that undisclosed location (laughs) Uh, that's the you talk about wwe buzzwords that's aw's buzzword for the next week and a half yeah Undisclosed location. Uh, before we get into our lock WWE commentary, headquarters, maybe. Oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, before we get into our live commentary, which is of course the first ever in your house, which happened 25 years ago today. Uh, we talked about earlier. WWE literally gave away a house on the show, and I said this was real. This was not for play play. This was for real, real. And I found my story from. What, what was this, 2017 some point? I think it was July 2017? No, let's see. July 27th, 2017. Again, this happened at the request of some fans out there on Twitter that I asked back in 2017. Was that uh, Nick Bacone? Probably. <laughs> this is probably definitely your suggestion. I would not be surprised by that. Um, somebody requested the first ever In Your House so I, you know, put in the story. You know, I looked, I did some research, you know, as I want to do, and looked into this. And yeah, uh, WWE uh, gave away a house. <laughs> they had the entries come in. Let's see, the house itself. The house itself was located. You'll probably hear this in the broadcast as we go along. But the house itself was located near a golf course in Orlando, Florida, and came with an indoor pool. So remember that this is this is nice. I've been to Orlando too. Orlando is a nice city. Uh, a lot of touristy things in Orlando. It's kind of strange actually, but it's in <laughs> Orlando, uh, which is of course WWE's headquarters is located at now. Maybe the house is the performance center. <laughs> maybe, maybe I they believe think, it is. <laughs> maybe that happened. Uh, maybe they finally paid off the taxes and uh, they turned it into the performance center. Maybe, maybe. And here's what I wrote here. I put, according to WWE, the company received more than 340,000 entries, which were driven in an armored car from Melville, New York, to Syracuse with a police escort. So, because the event happened in Syracuse, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The on, on Onondaga County War Memorial. Now the War Memorial one one center. I don't know. It's it's in Syracuse. <laughs> 
Uh, not the Carrier Dome. Let's just say that. <laughs> so went from Melville to New York to Syracuse via police escort in an armored car. Like, that's how real these, this was. Okay? The entries, which were in the envelopes, were then placed in a massive tank in the arena and surrounded by but what I surrounded by what I would assume were armored guards. So people with machine guns, for sure. <laughs> uh, Ty Pettengill, who you mentioned earlier, and oh, Stephanie yeah. Wyand? Wyand? Yep. Wyand. Wyand did the honors yeah. of giving away the house before the main event. Uh, let's see. Wyand, I said Wyand excitedly jumped into the tank full of envelopes and picked one and eventually got to Pettengill, who dialed the person's phone number. But the call didn't go through at first, <laughs> which you will hear eventually. Yeah. Um, the call not going through was apparently hilarious of his amends. It made him cackle with laughter into his microphone. Then he called, then Pettengo called the number again and it rang. Someone answered. Pettengo got asked for Matt Pompaselli. And he got Matt Pompaselli, apparently. Damn Italian. The person <laughs> yelled with excitement. They, they, everybody's all excited. And apparently the house is awarded to Pompaselli and his family, who at the time lived in Henderson, Nevada. And let's see. Man, they gotta move all the way across the country. Hey man, you get a house for free, you're gonna move across the country. Or at least take it and maybe sell it. Who, who knows? Um let's see, back then, let's see. I wouldn't necessarily want to live in Florida today, but that's another discussion. Another discussion. WWE shout out fireworks, which I mean it's warrant that warrants fireworks. <laughs> uh let's see. This, according to a, I found an article in 2012, 2012 article from WW.com, the Papacelli family sold the house about six months after getting it, which I said earlier, you probably just sell it. Sold the house, because, you, you know, you, like I said, you don't want to move. Matt Pompaselli said his family had just moved from New York to Nevada, which meant the family was not about to pack up and move again to Orlando, <laughs> which is fair. It's just held the editor. <laughs> so Pompaselli said it was a tough decision to sell the house, but it did provide him plenty of co- money for college. According to Pompaselli, he made $175,000 for the sale, which that sounds kind of low for a nice house like that, but. Yeah, because uh, where I was living in Jersey at the time was a lot more than that. I mean, this is 95. <laughs> it wasn't as nice a house. This is 1995. But yeah. $175,000 a day can get you, like, a decent row house. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but, I mean, you know, maybe he that's what he got from it. Yeah, um, maybe. So. All right, so. It also came back- with wrestlers, so. Apparently. <laughs> so that's some background on the... Uh, on that particular happening on this, but we will, you know, obviously watch it play out in real time in just a second. So if you're ready, Nick, 105.30, you good to go? 101.05.30, I am ready. All right, three, two, one, hit it. Got it. All right. Jerry the King Lawler. It's other man. He said, whose mother is that supposed to be? What? He said he's in the, he's in the ring with his mom? Yeah, Sherry Lawler's mom. That woman next to him is supposed to be his mom. Supposed to be, yes. What the hell? <laughs> that woman is half Jerry Lawler's age. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. Why is his mom so hot? I, well, I think that's the whole point. You know, he lies about every single thing. But you know, that was lie his about character. That? So. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that maybe that's why, so she can beat up Helen. Well, I don't think they're. I don't think they're there. This is bizarre. Yeah. And the, and she gives him a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> I I remember watching, thinking it was weird, because I was like, wait, she's hot. She and is half his age, and, and moms aren't hot. Extremely. You know, I was thinking this is a ten, Mom, nine-year-old. Yeah. We don't look at our own moms as hot, at least. But, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, this is... Extremely... But the funny thing is, she stayed at ringside. That's a weird call. Yeah. So, Bret Hart already wrestled against Hakushi in the first yeah, match of the paper. Opening match. First match in your house history. He hurt his knee, apparently. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. He's fine. He did a couple hops. He's good. He, top seller in wrestling history. <laughs> Todd Pettengill's mullet is... Oh, I love it. I love it, man. Luxurious. <laughs> Dude, Something he was great, cool. man. A Mania and Livewire. That's that's my jam. They got the people guarding the entries at the top of the stage right now. Yeah, I want Bret Hart to steal one. And Bret selling the... Oh, no, my knee. <laughs> That's funny. See, see the, the screen? That's I said 9, but it's more like 12, actually. Those screens are 16. I can't count. Best part is Jerry Lawler doesn't know until right now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this is why he was so good during his feud with Brett. Like, he sold so well. But he never was like, okay, you win. He, he would always talk crap on him. Yeah, Jerry Lawler was a quality heel in WWF. I'll give yeah. him his credit where the credit is due. <laughs> I'll give him his credit. This is two. This is a month before their Kiss My Foot match. It King is. So I totally forgot about that. Man, we should have watched that. When you said this was the end, I was like, yeah, I don't think they fought each other after this. Well, yeah, they did the ne- right next month. <laughs> How could I forget about the Kiss My Foot match? Obviously. Naturally. How can yeah. we forget about the Kiss My Foot match? The actual blow-off. <laughs> Who would have thought the blow-off match between two legends like Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler would have been a Kiss My Foot match? Wasn't like Jerry Lawler like not washing his feet for weeks or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And it's like being like a putrid. horse stable with like yeah. know, manure. <laughs> his feet were like pungent for like two weeks. Yeah. So Bret can kiss him. The best part about it is it introduced us to Isaac Yankum afterwards. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's got to be Isaac Yankum. Sorry, this is what Bret Hart was doing while Diesel was the champion. So it reminds me of why Bret Hart's one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> Having to deal with this. File <laughs> <laughs> driver early. Damn. This is so weird. Okay, what's up? Still, I'm still like weirded out by the fact this, that this is Lawler, <laughs> the super attractive woman, that's half Jerry Lawler's age, even in 1995, is supposed to be his mom. Like, what were they trying to? What, what is there a joke supposed? To, what was a joke? I don't even know if there's like a story that they would even want to tell. It, I right. think it's like, just that Jerry Lawler lies about everything, and that's what I took ha- from it. But he has this insanely hot woman he would he would love to fornicate with as his mom. Like, I don't. 
I don't understand it. I don't get it. I wasn't thinking about that at nine years old, but <laughs> right. Neither was I at well, I'd have been six, but it's still weird. At thirty-one, I find it weird. Look, what 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 he's reaching out yes. for? I I don't know. I'm just I gotta stop talking about it. I'm gonna talk about it the entire match. So you had forgotten about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. It's a good thing we we watched that first because right now you'd be like, who the hell's that woman cheering for Jerry Lawler? <laughs> let me see. I wrote. I mean, obviously I wrote about this. Let me see what I wrote about this back in 2017. I just put a line. I just put Lawler was in the ring before the match with a beautiful young lady that he called his mother. <laughs> that he called his mother. <laughs> Since Bret Hart dedicated his earlier match to his mom, I guess Lawler wanted to do the same, but in a very weird way. See? <laughs> in a very weird way. Like, it's so dumb. The young That's lady crazy. challenged Helen Hart to a match Ooh, and gave Lawler a kiss. Top oh, I missed it. I'm reading. No, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. And, and gave Lawler a kiss on the cheek before leaving the ring. <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, even back in 27, I was like, this is only three years ago, but I was like, this is stupid. This is really What's weird. What's funny is they they keep going to her, keep showing her on camera. Because she's attractive. <laughs> oh, oh Shinja. Yeah. He's here suit. for revenge against Bret Hart. White suit, white face paint. I don't even remember. Did Hakushi win or did oh. Bret Hart win? Uh, according to my story that I'll keep referring to, Inquire.com. Well, that match really sucked. <laughs> Let's see who won this match here. Bret Hart beat Hikushi. Oh, okay. So he definitely wasn't going to win two in a row. <laughs> here comes Hikushi. I remember this when Hikushi attacked him during this match. Were you extremely upset? No, I was just like, he beat him earlier. Why is he out here now? <laughs> I never understood like the revenge factors. Like Once you're beat, you're beat. Like Get out of here. Referee still stuck in the ropes. It's <laughs> there. That's great though because he can't even. I guess he can't look up right now and see Hikushi. <laughs> well, so I guess Jerry Lawler holds down his legs. Yeah. Diving headbutt. Oh, referee's coming back. Yeah, he can totally see him right now. That's bad timing. Ooh, another diving headbutt. Get out the ring, Hikushi. There's Earl ha- having to be one of the worst referees ever. Still, oh. um, his ankle is preventing him stupid. from turning around. Oh, what a beautiful bridge! <laughs> oh, no! That's it. That's no, it. no, Mr. Man. That was basically a squash match. <laughs> no, ah. Oh. One, two, ah. Oh. So. In singles competition, Jerry Lawler at this point is 2-0 and against Bret Hart because their yep. SummerSlam 93 decision got overturned, and got reversed, his, I should say. His extremely attractive mother is very proud. <laughs> so you care more about his, his attractive I'm, mother than I Jerry Lawler's 2-0 record against Bret Hart. I care more about the weird casting decision there instead of the 2-0 and record. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> oh, man. 
Earl's ankle's fine. He's trying to sell it. Yeah, he's good now. Earl's selling him. I'm going to screw you in two years. Wow. Press like why, bro? (laughs) What are you talking about? He's saying, it's good work, bro. You said said what? He's like, what'd you say about? Say say, screw who? Oh, nothing. nothing. (laughs) Okay. That was so funny. I remember being like, Kind of embarrassed. I was like, really? Jerry Lawler beat Bret Hart? Wow, let me see. Yeah, what's up, Sid? Right up in his grill. Yeah. Look at that chin. Jay Leno, man. Sid was awesome. His promo, nah. something else. But I think Sid was, was awesome. I don't know. I, don't I became a fan thing. of him when he came back in 96. Not, not at this point. I wasn't a big fan. That's fair. I, th- I think the, the, the potential was just there's so much potential there and just so many reasons why I just never like I mean, he, he main evented at WrestleMania. He was world champion multiple times and, you know, WWE or WCW. And WCW, yeah. Yeah, something and WCW and just never he was never really like like he should have been a huge star. He was just like he was a top guy, but it wasn't like a big, big star. Right. Have been. right. And he was great in his role. He was. Like I said, Sid was oh. all. Yeah. He, uh, you know, that whole run he had against Shawn Michaels. Like I don't necessarily like. Yeah, it sucked for Vader's career, but I don't think Sid dropped the ball at all. I think Sid did great in that role and going against Sean in November '96 and all the way through the Royal Rumble, he was great. Michael P.S. Hayes with Doc Hendricks with yeah a another ugly ass suit from Michael Hayes slash Doc Hendricks. So look at that suit or that tux. He is done up. Dude, dude, dude Doc Hayes, Doc right, Hendricks. Vince, Doc Hayes. Let's, He's let's the guy that ran the slam Here we go. Beautiful house. Somebody is going to house. Oh, a beautiful community. Hunters Creek in Florida. Hunters. As a matter of fact, this place is located right on a beautifully manicured 18-hole golf course. The hair look at the grounds. They're absolutely spectacular. You get the house. You get the screened in He's putting Stephanie Wyan's head to shame right now. Look at this house. Nice. It's really nice. It's a nice 2020 stance. Indoor in pool. It's tough to give away the indoor pool, it's though. It's time to do it right now. I am so psyched. I want to do it. All right. We need to kind of mix these yeah, up. Thank you, Matt, for having your entry in there, but you just, you're just like way at the bottom. Like, there's no hope. The garage. Yeah, try, Todd. I was like, why can't you go like to the... Northwestern right part of it. The they just stood right there cool. in the center. Like, <laughs> that that reminds me of that pose. Remember that? Look at this. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get in here. That's why Todd was the goat. Don't let any fall out. Who's going to win? See, that's one not going to work girls. when you have okay. a model on the bottom. That's good. You if you're one of the first people to send one in, you're screwed. He picks her up and tosses her in. All right. Let's have a drink. This is There's no way you can't tell me that. Why am I, there's there's so much, there's such a better way to do this. It's only it, it, 1985 years. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, now to make everything official, where are they? Come on over. Ladies and gentlemen, Len Dakin and Lori Zip. Come on over here, Lori, from Donjagoda Associates. They'll make sure the winner meets all eligibility requirements. That's very, very important. How are you doing? We're good. 
<laughs> Did it work? <laughs> it works. Yes. It's good. He just like. Let's call. Okay, call. Let's call right <laughs> now. Oh, he snatched that envelope out of his hand. All right, move. Let me call the winner. Exciting Todd. Todd's all business all the time. Todd's one of the greatest. Stephanie, I might just say that after everything I say about Todd. What a thrill that must That's be. why he was one of the greatest. Who's going to win? What a Mother's Day present. They're calling my number. All right, that's up there, home. We told you to be by your phone. Yeah. Oh, we got to dial again. Oh, my goodness gracious. Don't you hate when you get that annoying operator? can I talk to Matt, please? Is this Matt? Are you watching right now? You win now! Oh my god. We'll help him with the We are calling Henderson, Nevada. Matt Pompaselli and his whole family watching you guys pending verification. Pending verification? Look at Stephanie Wine's face. She's just. I used to screen grab of Todd Pettengill's face and Stephanie Wyatt's face as the thumbnail for my story. Because it's, it's a perfect way to sum up this whole thing. It's the faces of the camera. Oh my god! You win the house! Way to go, guys! Congratulations! Let's get back to ringside, Vince and Doc. All right, thank you very much, Todd. <laughs> Henderson, Nevada. It's probably oh, thank goodness that worked. Who's the oh, guy behind him with the shades on, the hat in the arena? Like, what is he? Just either you wear the shades or you don't wear the shades. Why are they on your forehead like that? Virgil. What's happening? See, the, see, see that thing I posted on Twitter? The Verzal magazine? <laughs> I did not. I'm just messing around by this guy in between Doc Hendricks and Vince McMahon right now. Who, in his mind, is the coolest guy in the building. It's just too cool for school right now. Well, he's wearing a tie. Is that a security guard? I don't know. The shade. a tie. Collared shirt. And Doc Hendricks' blazer is tux is killing me too. It's just absolutely, I'm dying right now. You have to go all out, man. It's like, and then Vince's French cuffs with the black stripe on them, killing. 1995 fashion, killing me. Right, here we go. Here comes Sid Justice. Is this Psycho Sid or just Sid? Oh, it's just Sid. Uh, he wasn't Sid Justice. I guess when you're not a babyface, not Sid Justice anymore. I don't know when they added the Psycho to his name. I guess when he came back the, sec- the, the second time. <laughs> the second return? Or? What was this? Oh, you might be right. I don't know. But maybe it's after. Because I remember at first they... Uh, they spelled psycho correctly with the P in the beginning. 
And then they eventually just took the pee off and I yeah. guess to make it look cooler. <laughs> Somebody had a psychotic sign in the crowd, so I don't know. They have those uh, fireworks tapes. Too, music too. Yeah. Which I always thought was cool. Yeah, it's not not bad music at all. And this is after he uh, Sid demolished HBK after WrestleMania, and him and Diesel started their feud, a long feud, which is really annoying. <laughs> Back then, I used to hate long feuds. So he's just Sid. All right. <laughs> Shawn Michaels watching on pay-per-view. Is he? Did he really order it? <laughs> right. Yeah. He probably called Diesel and was like, Yo, let me know how it goes. Some tell me he didn't watch the show live. Yeah, there's Vince in all his glory. Turn on your edges. Need all the diesel puns you can get. Rev him up! <laughs> See that? Oh, yeah! Diesel truck, though. It's great. In the video screen. Power. My favorite part was like when Diesel, shortly after he debuted, it might have been in 93 or 94, Vince and Jerry Lawler were in front of the screen on Superstars, and the diesel was coming out and the truck was on the screen coming for him and Jerry Law was like, Hey Vince, watch out and Vince looks back at the screen and acts like he needs to move out of the way. It's like, Don't you understand you're in an arena and that's a video screen? Like That's funny. <laughs> I gotta find that. I gotta I wish more superstars episodes were uploaded because uh that definitely happened in either ninety three or ninety four when Diesel was a heel. But I always thought Diesel's pyro was cool. Yeah, you could always tell. Up oh, that one, one pyro. Yeah, that one was still going. <laughs> yeah, you could always tell who they cared about and who they didn't when it came to the pyro. Remember, Sid had his own pyro that spelled out Sid. <laughs> that was awesome, too. Yeah. In case you forgot his name, there it is in lights. Brock Lesnar, eat your heart out. That's Sid can jump from the floor to the apron, too. He's a hell of a softball player. He's a hell of an athlete. <laughs> See, I thought at this point, as a nine-year-old me, Sid was going to beat Diesel, and then Sean was going to come back and beat Sid for the title. Oh, like SummerSlam or something. You fantasy booking like nine years yeah. old. Yeah. Because I, I had started to pick up all these wrestling hints of like what happens when and all that, and I just got used to it. And I watched it so often, so like I was like, okay, well this is gonna happen. Get you fantasy? Oh, big shot to the face! Another big shot to the face! Some elbows! Look at Tim White in there. <laughs> now Diesel's wearing the elbow pad now, so maybe. I do remember them highlighting Sid's powerbomb on him. I don't. I think this is the first show he powerbombed him on and injured his elbow. But I don't know if it was this one or the July pay-per-view when they face each other in that lumberjack match. What's Ted DiBiase doing? 
You see that Pentecostal's ministry was like named in like this um big scandal in Mississippi with like the uh, misappropriation of funds for like some people yeah. were taking like the um, the welfare money in Mississippi, which is one of the poorest states in the union, by the way. Yeah. Uh, taking the welfare money and like misappropriating the funds and somehow some of those funds made it to Ted DiBiase's ministry. They were all named, I think it was in the audit. That's what happened, it was an audit by somebody. Yeah, that's what Ted DiBiase well, Was that him or was that his son? I thought it was that both. Was I thought it was like Ted okay. Jr., Ted Sr., and Brett DiBiase. I thought it was like the whole gang. Hello. But maybe I misread it. So. Cause I, See, I, Ted think Ted, I don't remember Ted Jr. being in there, but Brett seems right. Because I think I looked up uh, what Ted DiBiase Jr. was up to recently and i don't think that came up in anything but uh, as always that could be wrong <laughs> yeah here we go ted dibiase is involved in it a mid-audit scandal. he was involved or... well i was involved in the uh that's a different story um well apparently he put his house up for sale after this audit scandal according to wrestling <laughs> Inc. interesting uh he had to be named in the welfare fraud investigation according to put his house up for sale after being named in this investigation. Uh, according to the report, more than 90, $98 million from the Temporary Assistance for the Needy Families Program, or TANF, were funneled to two Mississippi-based nonprofit organizations over three years. Ninety-eight. That's almost $100 million these people were stealing. From welfare families. It's terrible. Uh, it says about ninety-four million was questioned. Ninety-four million was questioned by state auditors, meaning that he couldn't verify the money was legally spent. That's almost all of it. <laughs> what? Yeah. How do you almost it is ninety-four million dollars unaccounted for? Well, That's I mean, crazy. he did run a corporation. <laughs> As he did. The corporation needs some money. That's right. How else are you gonna afford Sid and then the likes of him and the one two three kid and his his nonprofit Oh uh, the original punt to the head. His nonprofit yeah, received was... more than two million dollars in federal welfare funds since twenty seventeen, according to records obtained by the Clarion Ledger. It's Clarion down in Mississippi, not in, not in Pennsylvania. Uh the money began Coming in shortly after DiBiase's son, Brett DiBiase, was hired as a deputy administrator at the Mississippi Department of Human Services earlier that year. Not a good look, though the organization continued receiving funds after his son left the MDHS. Oh, Brett DiBiase and the director who hired him were two of six people. See, he's one of the six people indicted. I forgot that there were people indicted in this. He's one, Brett DiBiase is one of the six people. For embezzling more than four million dollars in welfare funds from the state, forty-eight million dollars was forty-eight thousand dollars was spent on Brett DiBiase's stay at a luxury drug luxury drug rehab facility in California. That's sad. Um, so yeah, that's not good. <laughs> uh, that's what's happening in twenty twenty for DiBiase, where his son is indicted. Not sure he would have thought that 25 years ago. Man. 
Yeah, I read about that last week, I think it was. <laughs> I forgot that Brett was actually indicted in this, because I knew there was six people indicted. Uh, Ted DiBiase was not one of them. Uh, yeah. Brett DiBiase was. Right. So. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's terrible. Mm. terrible uh, but this match is, uh, is not much better than terrible. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a match. This is the main main event, the very first in your house. It's historic. <laughs> you see Teddy Biasi in the background go, beat him up, man, beat him up. Good advice. Hit him. I remember watching this because I didn't watch WCW pay-per-views back then. I'm sure they had Slamboree in May, either before this or after. And I just remember feeling really weird watching a pay-per-view in May. <laughs> I just wasn't mm-hmm. used to it. Especially on Mother's Day. I mean, look, I talked about it earlier. WWE only had five pay-per-views a year at this point. Yep. Uh, before this night, this was the sixth. Uh, Would have been the sixth to the uh, to the catalog, I guess. And yep. WCW, I'm not sure how many they had in by '95, but I don't think they were doing monthly yet. No, definitely not. I know they had Super Brawl. They did. I didn't. They didn't do Spring Stampede in 95 or 96. So, Super Bowl. Let's see, they did Uncensored for the first time this this year. According to Wikipedia, in 95, they had Super Brawl, Uncensored, uh, Collision in Korea, which I don't know if that's an official pay-per-view. It's on Wikipedia, though. Uh, Slamboree, Great American Bass, Bash the Beach, Fall Brawl, Halloween Havoc. So, pretty they much... nine. Yeah, pretty much like the the, the list that we know of for like WCW, they had it in '95. So, <laughs> <laughs> like they a- eventually would add like I think Great American, they had Great American Bash already. They eventually added like Hog Wild, which yeah. is Wild. They eventually added Spring Stampede. Um, so that would make it eleven. Sold out. <laughs> yeah, sold out was '97. Yeah. Um, what else would they would add? By '98, they had three. Yeah, World War Three was '95 too. Yeah. So yeah, bunch Jeez. a bunch. I mean, '99 they had Mayhem. <laughs> like, so yeah, 90, I mean, WCW is the reason why monthly pay per views pretty much exist to this day. It's because they started doing it. Around this point in ninety four ninety five to keep you know to bring some more revenue in, uh, yeah. they started doing them every month and WWE to kind of keep up. Started doing in your houses for fourteen ninety five you know uh, an offering and then they expanded upon that by. You know, I guess you know the in your house. I mean, it, it kind of faded out. I would say even in ninety seven because they would replace it with like it wouldn't be in your house mind games. It would be. Degeneration X in your house, like the the pay per view name became right. the focal point. Even yeah. in '97, that was the case, and by '99, it was completely done. But... Yeah, the first one I really remember of them focusing on the name other than in your house was Ground Zero, the first three hour one. I know they always had a tagline, especially after Shawn Michaels won the title, and they would have like good friends, better enemies, right. and stuff Beware like that. Dog. Um, but yeah, like the Ground Zero was really the first one I remember that was right. focused on the Ground Zero. <laughs> right, that was 98. They brought back the red, white, and blue. Oh. 
Yeah, it was in uh, no, that was September '97. That was the uh, oh, okay. When, that when was they the had the Friday night's main event. That wasn't Ground Zero before Hell in a Cell. No, it was just before it. That's what I'm saying. It was before Matt before Hell in a Cell before Bad Blood, I should say. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking of, when I think of Ground Zero '98, I'm thinking of Breakdown. That was '98. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great face by Sid. So your ground zero, that was right before Bad Blood. <laughs> yeah. There's Friday night's main event, which I wish they had on the network. Because they took the place of the Monday Night Rawls for two weeks because of that dog show. Or tennis. Ooh, one that or the other. dog show. But so they they had... brought back the red, white, and blue ring ropes for that. And uh, then ground zero had the red white and blue ring ropes in your so. house like you said had taglines like the second one was the yeah. lumberjacks apparently the, yeah but i don't i think they added that it, yeah it way wasn't, down the road right it wasn't the official name of the pay-per-view like triple right. header great white north season right. i remember doing hearing seasons oh there it is i think that's the power bomb that diesel hurt his elbow on like i don't remember seasons beatings as a like I, I do remember hearing that which happened yeah it might have been part of the logo, but I just don't remember it being like the tagline. Right, right. And raising here the it cage. in your house, season's beatings. It was always just here right. and in your house. It right. wasn't. Raising the cage eventually became a game. Wasn't that a, a game or something? Yeah, that's that was not part of, like the tagline. Right. Just raising or the even cage. part of the name. Yeah. So the first one that that was a part of the name it was Good Friends Better Enemies '96, April '96. Okay. So in your house seven. Good Friends, Better Enemies, and Beware of Dog, International Incident, and then uh, Mind Games, Buried Alive, It's Time, Final Four, Revenge of the Taker. And so up until, it's all like that, up until, like you said, Ground Zero is the first one where the name of the pay-per-view was first, In Your House was second. Okay. And then Bad Blood, De- Degeneration X, yeah, Without I have a freaking memory of an elephant when it comes to wrestling, man. <laughs> Apparently, man, because I would have never got well, that. Well, yeah, No way out of Texas, then Unforgiven, pretty much up until, oh, again, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. That was a really bad power bomb on Sid. Oh. oh really? Descended into DQ? Seriously? Oh, yeah. This is how you end the first in your house, baby, with a whimper. Tatanka. Really? Tatanka is the oh, one? Oh, yeah. Where's the rest of the corporation? Tatanka just yelling at Sid, get up. I mean, this is how, you know, like these in your houses weren't meant to be like massive events. It's just like they had matches before the show. They had matches after the show just to get the people in attendance to like the money's worth because right. most live events are not an hour and 40 minutes. Like that's just not how it goes. So they gave them a little bit extra on the, in the beginning and on the back end. To kind of stretch it out to two, two and a half, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it was Bam Bam. Bam Bam, baby. You don't mess with Bam Bam's best friend. That's right. Boom, get out of here. Asbury Park, New Jersey's finest. That's right. I do remember uh, the fact that they had matches before and after. Because when they would come to Philly, like every event would be like three, three and a half hours at least. Right. Like in the shows. You know. You know. Vince McMahon is losing his damn mind. 
watch. I bet there was a tag team match after it went off the air. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe that's a good guess, Mark. Maybe. Probably. Shawn Michaels actually wrestled on the show. Let me see. Wait, he did? I think so. Let me see. They lied to me? Saying that he was home watching on pay-per-view? Let's see, hold up. I definitely wrote it in my story. Uh, um, before the show, Jean-Pierre Lafitte first beat uh, Bob Holly. After the show, it was Undertaker, comma, Bam Bam beat Tatanka, British Bulldog, Owen Hart. Yeah. Sanj's Revenge is diesel-powered. Hmm. Get it? Yeah. Because Diesel's his best friend. Yep. And he's got revenge. Mm-hmm. And Diesel is gas. Jean-Pierre Lafitte, of course, was... It is, I should say, PCO today. That's right. PCO. Well, that was something. Also, <laughs> show... Hold on, let me see. Did I have that right? Separate matches. No, Undertaker beat Kama Mustafa. Bam Bam beat Tatanka. British Bulldog be on heart. I don't know why I had it like all together. Oh, yeah. British Bulldog was still in face at this point, huh? Yeah. He had yet to turn on Diesel, and I do remember that. And then he cut his hair, and I was I like, had, yeah. I read it all together for some reason. I don't know why, but that's not what happened. Three separate <laughs> matches. Three matches after the show. Wow. Another like 20 minutes, or no, no, more than like, like another half hour, 45 minutes of, of wrestling. After the show. What is this right now? What? Are you watching it past the uh I'm watching like an ad for another show or something like that, I guess. I don't know. I, don't mean, I paused it because they just uh <clears throat> they had just uh I did not pause it. I kept watching copyright. Uh, oh yeah, the UFO thing. That's weird. I don't remember this. I do not remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you got WWF action every Saturday morning. <laughs> okay. Let's let's see what it is. Did you finish it? No, I I turned that off. Alright, well there That'd be awesome if it's like a Mania promo. Saving the world WWF logo. Oh, okay. Well I guess it wasn't. They should have definitely run an ad for Mania there. But oh. what are you going to do? First ever in your house. In the books. There it Beautiful is. Beautiful I wonder if that's the first... Uh, I mean, I don't really remember it, or nor have I watched like too many older pay-per-views from the 80s. But I wonder if that's the first one that ended with a DQ like that. At least in WWF's heyday. Yeah. I don't know if like Hogan would have headlined a pay-per-view that ended in a DQ against him or something. Like did the tag team match with at a SummerSlam did one of them end in a DQ or did Hogan always win? I don't know. Good Never question. bothered to look. <laughs> a very good question. But that was a a great pay-per-view in your house. Great great concept. <laughs> I think they. I, I think they should have given away a house every single in your house pay per view, but what do yeah, I know? I do with the next one? Oh man. <laughs> Can you imagine like that? Like giving away a house every in your house. Look at WWE's like posters for like the pay per views recently. They're very, very like 
unimaginative. Eh. Not great. Like they used to have like kind of concepts back even like two thousand seven they used to have kind of like concepts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a theme sort of. Like the backlash two thousand seven poster is great because it's like playing off of um The Shining with I think it's Edge's face in there. You know, like <laughs> some concepts, you know? Like just something. And now it's just like it's just mostly people's faces and very kind of like touched up, very processed photos. And there's not much to it. It's <laughs> just somebody looking at the camera, take a picture, put some stuff behind them, and that's it. Pretty much sums up WWE's effort nowadays. Really? It's just like not Creatively. much to it. It's just take a picture of Brock, put him on there, put some other people around him. Very much so color correct and, you know, add as much, you know, uh, touching up to their faces as possible. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> that is it. Well, that's uh, a lot of commentary for the first ever in your house. It was a good, it's a, it a lot of fun, as, as it always is. And we will do more of these in the future. And we will have another watch party in the future when it when it's warranted. Um, so we will continue to do these and have a little, little bit of fun on the podcast. Uh, but until then, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please, on this week's episode. You can follow me at Nick McCone on Twitter. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. New URL there. Uh, we changed it to Shooters Radio. Just so everything social media-wise is the same. Make it easier to find us. So like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shootersradio. Check out phillyinfluencer.com. And uh, you know, check out phillyvoice.com too. I'll send this podcast to them. <laughs> you know, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll get it up, maybe not. Uh, you know, it's up to them. It's not up to me. But uh, I am continuing to you know, give them content when they need it. So... Now, I'm not going to stop plugging them, so check out phillyvoice.com and uh, our Patreon. You know, like we were, we're, we're, we're going, man. We're, we're going to upload some classic episodes that are not in our normal RSS feed because I think uh, I should have been doing that a while ago. So um, I had a, I've had fun this week kind of uploading older episodes that are just very entertaining and, uh, I just uploaded one today or yesterday. It was uh, our 26th episode where we go over Wing Bowl 24. Um, <laughs> you know, I was there and I covered it. Uh, Jim Cornette said some things about Lucia Underground that week that we talked about. And then we did a live commentary on Halftime Heat, the very first Halftime Heat with The Rock and Mankind. And that might have been our very first live commentary if it was our – no, because our – 1992 Royal Rumble live commentary was our 23rd episode. Yeah. So, and that's also on our Patreon at patreon.com slash shooters radio. So we have a ton of great entertaining content. The audio of the, the, you know, matches uh, is included as well. Um, so you don't have to necessarily watch the, on WWE network to follow along and listen to us. We have the audio as we're live commentating it on, uh, on the show so uh you know you don't have to boot up the wwe network just to follow along so 
Um, you know, if that's to your liking, if, if you want to hear some entertaining convo, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun when we do these live commentaries and it was the same way, you know, five years ago when we did it. So uh, definitely check that out at our Patreon at patreon.com slash shooters radio. It's only a dollar 99 a month and it's a great value. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you will not find me out here in these streets because we're still under lockdown, quarantine, you know, stay at home orders. So, uh, excuse me, hope you and your family, uh, you, uh, and then, uh, as far as our listeners, hope you are all staying safe and social distancing and hope you and your family are, uh, in good spirits and in good health during the pandemic. Uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We try to, you know, provide a distraction for you for a little bit. Uh, amidst all the uh, all the crazy stuff going on in the world right now, so yeah. hope yeah. this is fun for you. It's fun for us. Uh, for Nick Bacone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode two thirty four of the Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace.